Good morning, Gateway. If you will turn to Ezra chapter 3, verse 11, it says, With praise and thanks, they sang this song to the Lord. He is so good. His faithful love for Israel endures forever. Ever. Then all the people gave a great shout, praising the Lord, because the foundation of the Lord's temple had been laid. Will you all please stand and praise and shout with us this morning? It's who you are, it's who you are, and 
mountain you won't climb up coming after me there's no wall you won't kick down lie you won't tear down coming after me there's no shadow you won't light up mountain you won't climb up coming after me
sing that through just one more time and before we do I'm going to ask you just to forget about everything else everything that maybe happened before you came this morning or everything that you have going on afterward and for the next few moments I'm going to just challenge you To allow the Holy Spirit to know that He's welcome. Because I believe that if you will do that, that that this morning that you can leave here different than you came in. But but what has to happen is, is, is you have to say, Holy Spirit, I'm here. Do a work in my life. Holy Spirit, I'm here. Work on me. 
As they sing that through one more time, I'm going to ask you just to, to, just to do that this morning. Let the Holy Spirit know that you are available for Him to do a work this morning. Holy Spirit, you are welcome. The atmosphere, your glory, God, is what our hearts long for. To be overcome by your presence, Lord, Holy Spirit, you are welcome here. Come flood this place and fill the atmosphere. Your glory, God, is what our hearts long for, to be Listen, there's no, there's no timetable on God. It's not like that we have to come in and sing three songs and, and then have a message in order for the Holy Spirit to do something in your life. Right where you are right now, God can do something in your life. He doesn't need me to say another word. So as they sing that through, one more time, I'm going to, to ask you, if you came in here this morning and you need something from God, He can do it, and He will do it. So one more time, just open up your hearts and let the Holy Spirit speak to you. One more time, Rachel. Holy Spirit, you are and fill the atmosphere your glory God is what our hearts long for to be overcome by your presence Lord Holy Spirit you are welcome come flood this place and fill the your glory, God, is what our hearts long for, to be overcome by your presence, Lord, by your presence, Lord. Let us become more aware of your presence let us experience the glory of your goodness let us become more aware of your presence let us experience the glory of your goodness let us become more aware of 
Holy Spirit, we're thankful. God, we're thankful that you can meet us right where we are. God, I I thank you for your presence that we feel in this place. Thank you for speaking to our hearts. God, I pray that as we go into your word, Father, that you will allow us to continue to dwell in your presence. May your word speak to us this morning. May it change us forever. Father, let us be ever so mindful that you're always with us that you'll never leave us, that you'll go with us every step of the way. In the name of Jesus, amen. Amen. Can you just give him a hand clap of praise this morning as you're seated? Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Father. It is hard to believe that we are I I was counting last night. There's only nine Sundays left in the year 2020. How many people would say, come on, 2021? Anybody ready to leave 2020 behind? Uh, It is just, it seems like that, that you would think that uh, it seems like that 2020 has been so long uh, that it just keeps going. But then when we look at it, we think, man, only nine weeks left. Uh, how many people have all your Christmas shopping done? How many people have, have any of it done? Just how many people have half of it done? My wife was so happy uh, a couple of weeks ago. Uh, I let, I let, um, I shouldn't say it like that. Um, man. We were able to uh, buy our first Christmas gift, and uh, it was way earlier than normal, and uh, she was just so happy, and uh, because if it were up to me, I would just do everything on the 24th of December. Uh, that would just be a challenge, uh, and it drives my wife insane, uh, so, uh, but uh, it's hard to believe that, it, that it's coming quickly, and, and we'll be giving you some information uh, soon about, uh, we're going to do our, uh, the, the um, Christmas that we do for, for Crab Elementary for the community, and uh, we're going to be doing that again this year, and uh, it's sneaking up on us very quickly, and uh, we'll be getting you some information on that, on uh, how we're going to bless the community. Uh, if you're a guest, thank you for being here this morning. 
Uh, we are so honored and privileged uh, that you have decided to uh, spend your dreary, rainy, Sunday, cold Sunday morning with us here at Gateway Church. And uh, if, uh, if I didn't get a chance to meet you before service, uh, I would love a chance to, to talk to you afterward just to, to make a connection with you and let you know how excited that, that we are and, uh, to have you here. Over the last few weeks, uh, we have been talking about uh, the topic, A Better Life. Uh, we've been looking at ways that, that our life can go from, uh, not from bad to better, but how that, that many times that we get to a point in our life that we, we figure that we're living the good life. Uh, we decide that, that, that we're at that point and we become so accustomed to living at that level that, that we stop striving for something better. We get to a point that, that we, we become satisfied and we no longer feel compelled to let go of the good so that we can grab a hold of the better. In week one, we looked at a verse found in Psalms chapter 84, uh, verse 10. When it says, Better is one day in your courts than a thousand elsewhere. I would rather be a doorkeeper in the house of my God than dwell in the tents of the wicked. Better is one day in your courts than a thousand elsewhere. Better is one day with God. And we looked at how that so often we, we compartmentalize our, our life. And we think, okay, my day with God starts and stops when my Bible reading is over in the morning. But how that we can continually spend our time with God. That in the Old Testament, uh, the, the people would come to the, uh, the temple courts and they would come there so that they could get close to the presence of God. And they would try to get as close as they could because they wanted to be close to His presence. But in the New Testament, the Bible tells us that, that the Holy Spirit, that we are the temple of God and that the Holy Spirit resides in us so that everywhere that we go, everything that we do, as followers of Christ, He is with us. And that we don't just have to have a, a day with God, but we can actually have an entire lifetime with Him. Better is one day in His courts than a thousand elsewhere. Last week we looked at a verse found in Ecclesiastes, verse 4, chapter, or chapter 4, verse 6, when it said, Better one handful with tranquility then two handfuls would toil and chasing after the wind. And we begin to look at, and we talked about how, that we need to get more in our life of what matters and less of what doesn't. And how that we spend our lives with both hands full. We spend our lives not able to, to have a free hand to help people when they're in need. We're so busy and we're so... Uh, so uh, set to try to, to chase the good life and to have two handfuls. But when we have two handfuls, we spend our life living with anxiety and stress and frustration. And the Bible says that it's better just to have one handful with peace than two handfuls with turmoil. This week, I want to look at a verse found in Proverbs chapter 22. Proverbs chapter 22, verse 1. It says, a good name is more desirable than great riches. 
To be esteemed is better than silver or gold. Now, in, in the Bible time, when it talks about silver and gold, it's talking about something that is associated with wealth, with power, with possessions. Uh, when we look at it today, we're thinking about pretty much the same thing. If, if someone has wealth, if they have power, if they have possession, people try to obtain that. In the Old Testament, that's what people, that's what everyone wanted. But this says that there's something better. There's something better. And it says, it's your name. A good name is basically the same thing as having a good reputation. It's what you're known for. If you were to, to look at your life right now and look at yourself and, and ask yourself the question, what am I known for? What are you known for? When people say your name, what do they think? Now, first of all, I want you to understand that, that it doesn't mean, having a good name does not mean that you're perfect. A lot of times the enemy wants to, to trick us into thinking that we have to, to be perfect. We can never make a mistake. But a good name doesn't mean that you're perfect. But what it can mean is, is that you're being perfected by the one who is perfect. And his name is Jesus. As, we, as a follower of Christ, we're not going to be perfect. But we're striving to be like him. To have a good name. Names are interesting. Things stick to our name. There's names in my past as I was growing up. That when that name, even to this day, is brought up, it just makes me cringe. And I remember when I was in sixth grade, there was this bully. Before bullies were even evident as they are today. I didn't understand that's what he was, but that's what he was. And uh, his name was Tony. And um, he would come and sit on a wall by my house, just waiting for me to come outside. I mean, can you believe that? I mean, look at me. But to this day, when I think of the name Tony, it just, that, that's what pops in my mind. I don't think we have any Tonys here today. If your name's Tony, you know what I'm thinking of when I'm talking about you. I'm thinking about that guy that wanted to smash my face. I remember when, when and maybe you've had this, maybe you're trying to, to, to figure out what you're going to name your child. And a name is brought up and you think, no, I can't, I can't name my daughter that. That that was the name of the girl that broke my heart when I was in seventh grade. You think that's funny, but it, but it happens. We have images that are, that are attached to names. I mean, certain images that come to our head and come to our mind. I mean, think about it. When I say these names, what image comes to your mind? Adolf Hitler. Billy Graham. Martin Luther King Jr. Christian Leitner. Oh, man, I just got some death stares. A name can have good or bad attached to it. 
but things are attached to our name. The Bible says that having a good name is better. It's important. So this morning, I want to look at, very briefly, three reasons, three things as to why a good name is so important. The first thing a good name does is is a good name gives you confidence. A good name gives you confidence. Proverbs chapter 10, verse 9 puts it this way. Whoever walks in integrity walks securely, but whoever takes crooked paths will be found out. Having integrity is the first step to having a good name. Who you are behind closed doors, who you are in the secret, who you are when no one is looking. What happens is, is when you aren't walking in integrity, you're always worried about someone's going to find you out. You can't walk with confidence because you know deep down that your name isn't what it appears to be. And so you live life looking over your shoulder. You live life afraid that someone is going to to find out who you really are. So you have no confidence. You're always afraid that you've heard the saying, you, you get your hand caught in the cookie jar. As I was thinking about this and my mind went back to a long, long time ago when I was in high school. And I love telling stories about when I was in high school because it just shows you that I have a great memory because that was a long time ago. But in high school, I don't know if it still is, but, but it was a requirement in, in Beckley, West Virginia to take two years of a foreign language. So I had all of these choices. And I decided to take Spanish. Now, the reason that I decided to take Spanish, it wasn't because I I thought that I was going to use it in the future. The reason I decided to take Spanish was because at that point in my life, all I was concerned about was food. And I thought, you know what? We will probably have a class party at some point. And if we do that, I love Mexican food, so I'm taking Spanish. I don't want none of that French stuff or German or just give me some, some Mexican so I, I began to, to go through class, and as I got into it, I realized that I had a hard enough time speaking English. Spanish was just not going to work for me, but I had to have it. So I decided, is there any, hopefully all the youth are gone, because I'm going to tell on myself here. I, I decided, here's how I'll get through Spanish. I figured out that you could take a a pencil and I would always get to class early on the days of the test. I wouldn't fool around in the halls and, you know, wait for the bell to ring and I would get there early and the teacher would always stand outside of the door waiting as kids would come in. And I would write the answers on my desk. Can you believe that? The teachers were just giving me glares. Because I figured out that if there was an emergency, if I thought that she was on to me, or after I got that one, I could lick my finger 
and erase it. That's horrible, isn't it? My integrity wasn't too good when I was in 10th grade, 11th grade, 10th grade. I don't know when it was. But here's what happened. I was there getting ready to take a test. We were about 10 minutes into class, and the fire alarm went off. Now, this was not, a, this was not planned. I could tell by the look of the teacher, and, 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 and I knew that she wouldn't be given a test knowing that the fire alarm was going to go off. So the fire alarm goes off, and, and so, you know, this was not a test. So we all get up, and they start rushing us out. I didn't have time to lick my finger to erase the answers. Now, we had a signed desk. So we went out, and we were out there so long. I mean, the fire department came, and we were out there so long that we didn't get to go back to our fourth period class. So I knew that when the next person came in, getting ready to take that test, they were going to see that the desk that I was sitting at had all the answers written on the desk. I was a little afraid, my good name. I had never been in trouble in my life. And that's the truth. But I was scared to death. Because I thought, man, they're going to find out. So that evening, I couldn't eat. I was just so tore up. I was being really nice to my parents. You know, Mom, Dad, do you need anything? I studied extra hard for my Spanish because I knew I was going to have to take that test the next day. But I made myself a promise that night, God, if you let me get out of this, I'll never cheat again. So I got to class once again early. And I looked at the desk and it was all gone. There was nothing there. Now to this day, I have no idea what happened. But I learned a a valuable lesson that day. The lesson that I learned was, was that if I'm not walking in integrity, I can't walk in confidence. That evening, I couldn't do anything. I was so tore up over the fact that I thought that my crooked ways were going to become known. When you walk with integrity... You can walk securely. A good name will give you confidence. You don't have to worry about people finding out because you're walking with integrity. Secondly, a good name speaks for you. A good name speaks for you. Uh, in the Old Testament, in the book of Second Chronicles, there's, there's a story We all know that that Solomon was one of the wisest men ever to live. Solomon had an extremely good reputation. And we learn in 2 Chronicles uh, chapter 9 how that Queen Sheba had heard about his good name. His good reputation had went before him. And she said to herself and and the people around her, she said, I've heard about Solomon and and his his wisdom, but I want to go see for myself. 
It's hard for me to believe that, that it's as good as what everyone is telling me. But his reputation spoke for itself. So she went, and the Bible says that, that she talked to Solomon about, about everything on her mind. That was probably a long conversation. But it said that she asked him questions. But with every question, Solomon had an answer. With every question, he answered what she had to say and what it was. And she began to realize, hey, his reputation is real. Actually, this is what she said in chapter 9, verses 5 and 6. She said to the king, the report I heard in my own country about your achievements and your wisdom is true. But I didn't believe what they said until I came and saw it with my own eyes. Indeed, not even half the greatness of your wisdom was told me. You have far exceeded the report I heard. So his reputation drove Queen Sheba to him. His reputation went before him. Have you ever been told or learned about someone and, and you have feel like that you know them before you ever meet them? And when their name is mentioned, their reputation is so solid that it drives you toward them. I mean, think about the names I mentioned earlier. Billy Graham, Martin Luther King Jr. When they were born, their names didn't mean much. When they were born, they were just, just another baby in the nursery. But then they begin to walk through life with integrity. They begin to, to walk through life building a reputation. And now, when their names are, are mentioned, you think positive things because they walk with integrity. A good name is more desirable than riches. To be esteemed is better than silver or gold. Your reputation is important. What people, I hear people say all the time, I don't care what people think about me. Listen, that's not the way to live. We should care what people think about us. We must have a good reputation. It's important. Have you ever had someone that you know really well and, and someone else says something about them? And you immediately, you defend them. Why? Because you know their reputation. You know who they really are. And you want to make sure that their reputation isn't drugged through the mud. We have to care what people think about us. A good name instills confidence. A good name speaks for you. And lastly, a good name inspires others. 
A good name will inspire others. In 1 Corinthians in chapter 10, Paul is he's talking to other believers. And he's saying, listen, this is what, the way that you need to act. This is what you need to do. This is how you need to live. And he says, you know what? It's not going to be easy. The things that I'm telling you that you need to do, they're going to, to be difficult. But then in 1 Corinthians chapter 11, verse 1, he's able to say this, but follow my example as I follow the example of Christ. Paul is saying, listen, when you hear my name, I want you to be inspired. When you hear my name, I want you to know that if you will just follow what I've laid out before you, if you will follow me as I follow Christ, you can do it. You can be successful. He wants them to be encouraged. He wants them to know that it, that it can be done. He said, I'm walking with Christ. And, and if you will walk the way that I walk, you can accomplish the same things that I have. As a follower of Christ, we have to be inspiring. As a follower of Christ, people should be able to look at us and, and say, you know what? I don't really understand. I don't get it because I know that they're going through some, some really tough stuff right now. I know that they're going through uh, some unbelievably hard times, but they have this joy. And because they have this joy, it's inspiring me to know that the same God that gives them joy can give me joy. It can inspire them to know that, that if, if I can do it, they can do it. When my name is mentioned, when your name is mentioned, it should inspire others. The reason we're able to do that and it can be inspiring is because when we build our life on a solid foundation, when we build our life on the solid rock of, of Christ, when we realize that, that, and we start doing life with him and understand that better is one day with him than anywhere else and how that, that we can, can live a lifetime with him. As followers of Christ, people should look at us and when our name is mentioned, they should be encouraged. They should be inspired. Unfortunately, a lot of times, even as followers of Christ, we can develop a bad reputation that doesn't inspire anyone. Unfortunately, I've talked to a lot of servers. And you know what their, favorite, their least favorite day of the week to work is? It's Sunday. It's Sunday. You know why? Because Christians have a bad reputation. They're grouchy and they don't tip well. I'm just being honest. But we should live our lives that when we walk into a restaurant, they're fighting over who's going to take our table, not who has to take it. We should inspire others. We should have a good reputation. You may be sitting here this morning and say, well, well Pastor, uh, that sounds great, but, but I'm not a good speaker. 
I'm not a very inspirational person. I'm just, a, I work at a bank. Or I'm just a, a teacher. Or, or I just work at a plant. Or I'm just a contractor. Or uh, you fill in the blank. I just work at the courthouse. I'm not inspirational. There's nothing inspirational about my life. About my name. Let's take this quiz real quick. The World Series is going on right now. How many people saw the ending of the World Series last night? One, two. You see my wife raising her hand over here. Three. So we got three people who are saved, and the rest of you, you, you we're going to give an altar call here just in a minute. Baseball is getting ready to be over. You need to be watching it because it's a long time till spring. But the World Series is going on, and, and you know by now, if you don't, if you're a guest, I am a huge baseball fan. Would rather watch baseball than anything else. But if I were to ask myself or ask you, who won the, the 1999 World Series? Just off the hand, I couldn't tell you. I have no idea. If I would say, who won the, the MVP in 2009? I have no idea. Now, these are people that are in the news. These are people that, that people would think are living an inspiring life. You say, well, I'm not a sports person. I, well, if I were to ask you, who won the Oscar for Best Actress in 2012? That is what the Oscars is for, right? Who knows? Somebody answer me. Don't act like you don't watch movies. But when I were to ask those questions, not many people know the answer. But if I were to ask you, who was the teacher that inspired you to be something? Who was the Sunday school teacher that instilled principles in your life and that's why you're sitting here today or why you're watching online today? If I were to ask you, who was that friend in that moment that you were so lost and so depressed, but they were there walking beside you and they helped you in that moment of desperation? People who have meant something to you in your life, we could all answer those questions. And they may look at themselves and think the same thing. I'm not, an inspire, I'm not an inspiring person. I could never make a difference. I can tell you that, that there is one person in my life that I can give thanks to that I'm standing here today. Because there was a time in my life that I thought, you know what, that's not what I need to do and that's not the direction I need to go and, and, and I could never get up in front of people and, and speak. I could never be a pastor. I could never inspire people. But this person, you'll never know their name and if I, if I said it, 99.9% .9 of you wouldn't know them. But he spoke into my life. And his name was inspiring to me. You can make a difference. 
Your name, when it's mentioned, can inspire others. Now, you might be here this morning, and you might be thinking, Pastor, that sounds great, but it's too late. I've already messed up my name. I've lived a life that my reputation's not so good. And to that, I would want to say to you that you're in a place where everyone here recognizes the scripture found in Romans chapter 3, verse 23, when it says, For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. We all have sinned. We have all made mistakes. We have all done things that have harmed our reputation. Listen, when I was in college, my reputation went before me. You've heard me talk about, I had a bad attitude. Anytime that there was athletic competition, if I was involved, I had a bad attitude. If you're a guest, you're probably going to leave here and say, is that man even saved? He cheats on tests and throws baseball bats. I'm just being honest. My reputation went before me. Many of you here today, you may think when, when my name is brought up, it's not a good thing in other people's minds. You may be here this morning, you may feel that you're in bondage to your reputation. Galatians chapter 5 says that you can be set free. You may be here this morning, you say, I feel so far from God. I feel so distant. Ephesians chapter 2 says that, that you can be brought near by the blood of Christ. You might be here this morning and you say, I feel so unlovable. There's no way anyone could ever love me. I feel so unacceptable. No one could ever accept me. Romans chapter 15 says that, that in Christ you are accepted. You may be here this morning and say, I feel so sinful. I feel so filthy. I feel so dirty. 2 Corinthians chapter 5 says that in Christ you can be made You may be sitting there and thinking, my reputation is so bad. You don't know. You don't know how bad it is. Can I tell you that, that the verses that, that I just, in the passages of scripture that I just talked about were all written by a guy who spent the first part of his life persecuting and killing Christians. He spent his life earning a bad reputation when it came to Christianity. But in a moment, God changed his name. God changed his reputation. In a moment, Paul understood that his past didn't have to determine his future. In a moment, 
it all changed. God used him to write a lot of the New Testament. And now when the name Paul is mentioned, we have a completely different view of him. Even though he started out not so good, God changed it all. A good name is more desirable than great riches. To be esteemed is better than silver or gold. You may be here this morning and say, Pastor, I'm a, I'm a follower of Christ. But when people say my name, they probably aren't inspired. You may not even be in a situation where you have a, a bad reputation. You're just not making a difference. Your name is just Bah. God has something better for you. God said, I want to use you to inspire people, to change your world, the people who live around you. Listen, when people hear my name or when people hear Gateway Church, I want them to know that we walk with integrity. And I want them to know and for us to have a good reputation. And because of that good name, I want them to be inspired to change. I want them to be inspired to follow us as we follow Christ. With every head bowed and every eye closed, if you're here this morning and you say, Pastor, when people think about my name, it's all negative. And I'm sitting here today and I feel so far away from God and I feel unlovable. I feel like I can't be accepted. I feel like that I've done too much that things could never, ever change. God wants you to know today that he can change your situation. That he can change your name. That you can have a good name. That he can make you a, a new creation. If you're here this morning and say, Pastor, that's me. Pastor, I, I need my name to be changed. I need something different in my life. Would you just slip up your hand? Thank you. Anyone else? If you're here this morning and say, Pastor, I'm doing my best to follow after Christ, but I want to be more inspiring. I want to be the kind of person that when my name is mentioned, people are inspired to be like me, not because of who I am, but because of who lives in me. I want people, when they look at me, I want people to see the Christ who's living inside of me. I want to be that person that inspires others. If that's you, just slip up your hand. Thank you, thank you, all across this auditorium. 
thank you. I want to make a difference. Listen, the enemy has tricked us and fooled us for too long thinking that our name means nothing. The enemy has fooled us into believing that because we don't stand on a stage, because we don't, we're not on TV or we're not a, a boss or that our name isn't important. But God wants you to know this morning that your name matters. Your name matters enough that he sent his son to die on the cross for your sin. And he wrote your name in the Lamb's book of life. Your name matters. If you'll stand right where you are, we're going to close this service in this manner. If you're here, and just like during worship, this altar is open. Just like during worship, if you want to come down and pray, there will be people who will be here to pray with you. But as I'm going to pray, and then after I pray, Rachel is going to sing. And if you want to come to this altar, feel free. If you want to stand in your seat and sing about how great God is, do that. But don't miss this opportunity for the Holy Spirit to change your life forever. Just as that life-changing moment on the road to Damascus when Saul's name was changed. When they started calling him Paul, that can happen to you. You don't have to leave here the same way that you came in. So I'm going to pray. Examine yourself. Speak to God. And if you want to come to this altar, feel free. And then we're going to close in a course. Father, I come before you this morning. God, I'm so thankful for your word. God, I'm so thankful that you love us enough that even when we make mistakes, God, no matter what our name may look like or our reputation may be, God, that you still love us and that you love us enough that you can change us. That you can change our name. You can change our reputation. God, that we can begin to walk with confidence. God, that our name can speak for us, our reputation. God, that will allow us to inspire others just through our name. God, for those who raised their hand this morning, may you speak into their lives. May they leave here different than when they came in. Not through anything that I have said. Father, through the power of your Holy Spirit, change hearts, change lives, change situations. In the name of Jesus. Can you sing this song of praise?
Tell him this morning. Oh, say how great, how great is our God. How great is our God. Sing with me. How great is our God. pray that you leave here today knowing that God loves you and that God wants your name his name to be great through you he can change your situation he can change your reputation he can make a difference we love you we thank you for being here. Uh, if you're a guest, I, I would love to, to speak with you after service. I'll be uh, out in the, the lobby. Know that we have life groups going on. If you haven't signed up for one of those, they're still going on. Uh, you can just jump in at any time. There's one about any night of the week. Uh, people ask almost every week, what do we do with the offering? We quit taking offering because of COVID-19. There are boxes in the back. You can give online, you can, uh, you can put it in that box, but I just want to make you aware of that as well. We love you. Have a great, great Sunday.